Bismillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala al-hadithu thalithu wa thalathun an ibn Abbas radiyallahu an an rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal law yu'tan nasu bida'wahum la adda'a rijalun amwal qawmin wa dima'ahum lakin al-ulat أفضل لكن البينة على مدعي واليمين على من أنكره هذا حديث حسن رواه البيهقي وغيره هكذا وبعده في الصحيحين. so this hadith is hadith number thirty three. so we are heading towards the last ten ahadith of or under ten ahadith of our and on the authority of Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him, he said that the Prophet said, Were people to be given everything that they claimed, men would unjustly claim the wealth and lives of other people. But the onus of proof is upon the claimant and the taking of an oath is upon him who denies so this hadith is one of those ahadith that is used for the ahkam of the sharia or the court system of the sharia or if there's a problem between two people so let us see what the hadith translates as again that were people to be given everything that they claimed. So I claim that car is mine. I claimed he murdered someone. So had this been the case that because I claim something, because I accuse someone of something, then it stands. So the Prophet says, had this been the case, then wealth and lives of other people would have been taken unjustly. Imagine, I don't like him. So I go to the whatever, and I say, you know what, he, he murdered my brother, must take blood money. And then what happens? Oh no, it's fine, okay. We just accept my thing. Subhanallah, we, have, we already have chaos in the world. Right, the world is already in disarray. Imagine if we still never follow this. So the Prophet Sallallahu he explains, he says, but the onus of proof is upon the claimant. Meaning, if I make a claim, then what must I do? I must bring proof. So I said that Fulan did this, Fulan stole that, Fulan murdered this, I need to bring proof. Fulan committed zina, we need to bring proof. Fulan drank alcohol, I need to bring proof. Correct? And the Prophet carries on. And taking an oath or the taking of an oath is upon the one who denies. So I said Fulan did something. He says, but I didn't do it. So what must he do? He must take a qasam. He must take an oath by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he did not do it. Do it. So this is just the understanding of the hadith. And so now let us look at the Hadith. So 
first of all, the first point of this hadith is that وَهَذَا الْحَدِيثُ أَسْلٌ مِنْ أُسُولِ الْأَحْكَمِ That this hadith is the foundation of usul al-ahkam the fundamentals of the laws of islam wa'a'zamu marji'i inda tanazi'u wal khisam and this is the greatest referral to contentious issues wal khisam and strife so i have contention with someone i have an issue with someone i have strife with someone we go back and we use this hadith. And وَيَقْتَدِي أَلَّا يُحْكَمَ لِأَحَدٍ بِدَعْوَاهُ وَقَدَ بَيَّنَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فِيهِ أَنَّهُ لَوْ أُجِيبَ كُلُّ مُدَّعٍ عَلَى غَيْرِهِ شَيْئًا لَأَدَّ ذَلِكَ إِلَى أَدِّعَاءِ أَمْوَالِ النَّاسِ وَدِمَاعِهِمْ so, had Islam, right, had we been such a deen that every person that makes a claim, we accept his claim. Then, like I mentioned, what will happen? There will be chaos. Because every single person, right, I said that Khalid took this of mine. And everyone just said, okay, we take what Yasin says. But Khalid didn't even take it. So it's going to cause, <laughs> right? It's going to cause havoc. It's going to cause chaos in society. And this is why, لَكِنَّ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ أَوْضَحَ مَا يَكُونُ فِيهِ فَضْلُ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ فِي ذَلِكَ And the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم أوضح, let's say he made this apparent, he made it clear, that which is between or divides between people. وَهُوَ طَلَبُ الْبَيِّنَةِ مِنَ الْمُدَّعِ That you need, the one that makes a claim, he needs to prove his claims. وَهِيَ كُلُّ مَا يُبَيِّنُ الْحَقَّ وَيَدُلُّ عَلَيْهِ And this is for everything that he needs to explain what is truth. وَيَدُلُّ عَلَيْهِ And he needs to indicate to that. So a car was stolen. And I've been accused of stealing a car. The person that accused me needs to come with proof. He cannot just say that Yasin stole a car. Then he comes to Uncle Walid. Uncle Walid is the judge. He brings no proof. And then Uncle Walid just says, okay, Yasin is guilty. Doesn't make sense. Right? And this is Islam. And look at Islam. Right? Let's just take the, the ruling of Zina. You need witnesses. Imagine subhanallah there was no witnesses. <laughs> Everyone would have. Somebody maybe sitting speaking to a lady. I don't like them. Okay. Right. And subhanallah. That's why even in the court system. Right. Of Islam. The court systems. They don't even accept. Um, with regards to zina, yani video images or videos, because can be tempered, correct? So also with the witnesses of zina, and I'm using this as an example, that witnesses, what is the, 
they can't just come and they say that this one and that one made zina. They must have physically seen the act. Right? They must have seen that the zina took place. And here we're not talking about muqaddima to zina. We're not talking those things that lead to zina. We're talking about the actual zina itself. So those witnesses must come to the court. They must say that we saw it with our own eyes. And if it was not seen, then it's not accepted. Right, then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, Al-yameenu ala mudda'a alayhi. Right, meaning, يَبْرَأَ بِهَا لِأَنَّهَا وَاجِبَةٌ عَلَيْهِ يُؤْخَذُ بِهَا عَلَى كُلِّ حَالٍ So basically what's happening here, the second part, the one that has been accused, he must take an oath to prove that he is innocent. You can't just sit there yourself. So he will say, so they say, no, you know, you accused, you stole the car. And then he says, no, because I saw you did this, and you were here at this time, etc., etc., whatever the story is. Then he will say, Wallahi, uqsim billah, he takes an oath by Allah, that I did not do this that you accused me of. And this basically is the understanding of this hadith. And this hadith, subhanallah, it is a very important hadith, for... A Muslim's life in general. Right? Sometimes people, they like to make claims. Correct? Right? That um, this happened or this one did this, whatever. But now where's your proof? I don't know. I'm, I don't have any proof. I just heard that that Aji told me or this auntie told me. But So where did they hear? Understand? And see what it leads to also. It leads to chaos. And fitna. And facade. So very important. And this again shows us the beauty of Islam. That the Sharia was there also to protect the person, one's life and one's wealth and one's honor. Right? Honor is important. I mean, we know we're speaking about something now, before the class. And it shows you that the honor of someone, it's so easy to get diminished. It's so easy to get tarnished. And But obviously, once this proof and proof has been established and thikat and people that are trustworthy, they say that people were involved in this, the people were involved in that. And then we accept it. Another important lesson is that, right, for example, that Islam brings, a person that makes a claim needs to give proof, and the person that has been accused of something, he needs to take an oath by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now, this brings us to the next hadith. And... The next hadith is a hadith or a hadith Rabi'wa Thalathun.
عن أبي سعيد الخدري رضي الله عنه قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول من رأى منكم منكرا فليغير وفليغير بيده فإن لم يستطع فبلسانه فإن لم يستطع فبقلبه وذلك أغفل So this hadith is narrated by Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu And he says that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Whomsoever of you Whomsoever of you sees evil Let him change it with his hand And if he is not able to do so Then let him change it with his tongue and if he is not able to do that, then let him change it with his heart or feel, not change with his heart, but he feels remorse, he feels regret in his heart. And that is the weakest of Iman. It is the weakest of faith. So this hadith, right, it needs some explanation. Right, this hadith we need to Understand this hadith properly. And the author he says, That this hadith is a very great hadith. It is a very important hadith as well. That this hadith proves and teaches us that Amr bil ma'roof enjoining what is good wan nahi anil munkar and preventing what is evil prohibition of that which is evil it is compulsory what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say in surah al-imran kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat linnas ta'muruna bil ma'roof wa tanhawna anil munkar wa tu'minuna billah that you are the best of nations. Kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat linnas. That you are the best of nations. Ta'muruna bil ma'roof. That you enjoin what is good. Watanahuna anil munkar. And you forbid what is evil. Watu'minuna billah. And you believe in Allah. And this shows us that we as the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has been chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be an ummah that needs to enjoin what is good and needs to forbid what is evil. And this, وَهَذَا الْأَمْرَ عَلَى وُجُوبٍ مَعَ الْقُدْرَةِ And this command is wajib if you are by the means. If you are by the ability to do something, then you can make change. And then the hadith it mentions and it says, Man ra'a fahuwa alladhi ta'alak bihil hukum wa huwa wujubul inkar fahadha hadithihi masail. So with this hadith, when it says, Man ra'a, ra'a is to see. So, whosoever sees something. 
And the first thing that we want to explain is that what is what is munkar? And munkar is it is anything that we know. It is anything that is known in the Sharia to be qabih, to be filthy or to be bad. So anything that we find that the Sharia says that this is incorrect, this is haram, or someone has come with something out of his own hawa, then this is munkar, then this is wrong. This is evil. And we can see that. Right? How much evil don't we see taking place? That the Sharia speaks about and forbids us against, or forbids it against. Right, then the hadith, another important point is Man ra'a minkum munkaran That whomsoever of you sees something wrong Now here's something very important The word ra'a Right, means to see But also The word ra'a can sometimes mean what? Knowledge, ilm, right? But here it means specifically to see. So, I must have seen something wrong. I must have seen someone do something incorrect. Someone cannot come to me and say that Fulan did this. This does not fall under this hadith. That's another bab. And that will be of bab nasiha. But according to Amr bil ma'roof and nahi ani munkar, as we'll see a bit later, you must have either seen it and the ulama say, or you could have heard it haqiqatan. We'll come to that. So the author says that if you did not see something, Walakin, but you sami'atuhu sama'an, but you heard it muhaqqiqan. But you heard it clearly. There was no vagueness to this hearing. For example, sami'atu imratan tasrakh, that you heard a female scream. Or, for example, you heard a child screaming. So you're going to investigate. And once you came to the lady, then you saw maybe something was happening there. They were breaking into the house, etc. But how did you get there? You got there from? From hearing. You never saw it first, but you heard it. And this hearing was haqiqa. So we accept the scene, the actual scene. Not that someone came to me and told me that Fulan did this or Fulan did that. But I actually saw the wrong. Or I heard something. So for example, or maybe sitting in my house and we heard gunshots. For example, we heard a loud bang. We went outside. It was a car accident. Right? And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from any evil that could overcome us. Right, so this was the first part, 
or with regards to the word Ra'ah. Right, so the next point that we would like to look at is the author, he says, فَالنَّصِيحَةُ That Nasiha advice, it is عَامَّةُ It is general. وَمِنَ النَّصِيحَةُ الْأَمْرِ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ And from the advice or from Nasiha is enjoining what is good and forbidding what is evil. فَإِنَّ الْأَمْرَ وَالنَّهِ مَا كَانَ النَّصِيحَ لَهَا and then he says that with regards to Amr and Nahi, enjoining what is good, forbidding what is evil, they are shurut, they are rulings. One cannot just see something wrong and go change it or speak about it. It is rulings and this is what we are going to discuss as we move on. And he says that there are certain conditions in the Sharia with regards to Amr bil Ma'roof as for nasiha babun nasiha and this is general kama jaa fi hadithin sahih as he comes in the authentic hadith which we discussed a few weeks ago where the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam where he said ad-dinu nasiha that the religion is advice and it is advice to three groups of people and the Sahaba asked, Liman ya Rasulullah? Qal, Lillahi, Walil Kitabihi, Wali Rasulihi, Wal Aimmatil Muslimin, Wa'ammatihim. So there's advice to, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the book of Allah, the messenger, the ulama, the aimma, the rulers, and advice to the general public. And the whole of Islam, and the whole of Islam, this is Nasiha. And Nasiha lil aimmatil muslimin. And Nasiha to the Muslim leaders or to the ulama, to the scholars, etc. And this generality, it includes al amr bil ma'roof wa nahi anil munkar. Enjoining what is good, forbidding what is evil. فَالْأَمْرِ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَالنَّهِي عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ بَعْدُ النَّصِيحَةِ And this Amr, enjoining what is good, forbidding what is evil, it is from Nasiha. And it has its specific rulings. And then the author goes on and he explains وَمِنَ الْفُرُوقُ بَيْنَ النَّصِيحَةِ وَبَيْنَ الْأَمْرِ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَالنَّهِي عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ He says, as for nasiha, so now he's explaining some of the differences between nasiha, advice in general, and enjoining what is good and forbidding what is evil. He says, number one, nasiha takunu sirra. That nasiha, advice is to be given in what? In secret. So, for example, I heard that someone did something wrong. Was I going to stand on the mimba and say that Fulan did something wrong? No. I will go to him and I'll say, Brother, news has come to me. You did X, Y, and Z. 
So what do I do? I will give him nasiha. This is not amr bil ma'ruf wa nahi anil munkar. This is from bab nasiha. Right? And this it encompasses everything and there's no restrictions to it. Hada asu fiha kama karura ahlul ilm. And the scholars of the ulama or the ulama of this ummah, they've explained this. Wal amr bil ma'ruf wa nahi anil munkar qad yakunu fi بعد أحوال سرا ولكن الأصل فيها أن يكون عليا So he says as for أمر بالمعروف enjoining good and forbidding evil the conditions of or the situations will determine that أمر بالمعروف sometimes will be done in secret as well. But majority of the time, Amr bil ma'roof wa nahi munkar is going to be done openly. So you see the difference between nasiha and enjoining what is good and forbidding what is evil. Wal amr bil ma'roof yakun fi ma ila hasala munkar amamak. So you're enjoining what is good. You're going to Apply this concept of enjoining what is good if you see wrong in front of you. I see someone stealing something. This is not Bab Nasiha anymore. This is not Amr bin Maru because I'm going to tell him, brother, sister, this is haram. You cannot do this. Allah warns against this. Allah says, Wasariku wasariqatu. That for the one that steals, male or female, cut off your hands, obviously with conditions. Needs to go to the court, but the point is we're going to stop him there and there. Correct? So, this is the one of the differences between Amr, Bil Ma'aruf, and Nahi, Anil, Munkar. The next point. Nasiha tahtaj ila tathabbut. That nasiha advice, you, it needs to be established. So someone came to me, Fulan did this, or Fulan said this, Fulan did this. I need to first find out, did he really do that? Then I will go give him nasiha. Right? As for Amr bin Ma'aruf, it is something that happened in front of you. Right? So you will reprimand him immediately. And then he says, right, فَإِنَّكَ مُتَيَقِّنَ مِنْهُ That you need to be certain, and you are certain because you saw it happen in front of you. النصيحة لمن يحتاج نصيحة تكون بما علمتي. Okay. Then, the author or the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, he says, فَلْيُغَيَّرُ and change it. It needs to be changed. And changing munkar. Amma al-waqi' fi munkar fahada maqamu fi tafsil. So with regards to munkar and its happenings, there is a bit of tafsil. We need to understand this concept correctly and properly. Number one. 
that in right that munkar is going to be changed by ahlu hisba or and who are they they are those people that for example if you are in a muslim land that the governor or the king has given authority to change so for example in saudi arabia right you have something which they call the the hayah right the hayah was basically this was their job. Their job was to enjoy what is good and forbid what is evil. So Maghrib time, they would drive five minutes before Maghrib. Right? They drive around or any salah. Right? After the Adhan goes for the word and they drive around. Nice to see this. They don't have a loudspeaker on the car. Right? They drive like this for tuners. They don't say salah, 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 salah. Right? Then everyone must go to salah. The shops is open, they stop, they say close the shops. So they were given this job. If they see, for example, this used to happen, they would see maybe someone that's not dressed properly, they would go to the sister, can you please wear wear your hijab, etc, etc. The boys may be coming into the mall, very short shorts, whatever, funny hairstyles and that, they would approach them and they would warn them about this. This is their job. This is what they were appointed to do. This is not for me to come or for you to come. Now obviously in our country it's different, it's not a Muslim country. So if I see someone as a Muslim brother, for example, we'll see later, he's maybe drinking or he's doing something haram, he's listening to music and and I go to him. Here obviously you don't have Ahlu Hisbah. You don't have someone that's been appointed by the government. This is your job, Al-Amr bil Ma'roof wa Nayani Munka. You don't have that. So we a different story. But as for a country that has a waliul amr, that has a ruler, you need to follow the regulations. And part of that is that they would select people to do that. So for example, in our country, Ahlu Hisbah can maybe be who? The police. <laughs> right? Their duty is to stop what? Wrong. So they, if you want to, just an example, they Ahlu Hisbah. Do you understand this concept? Right? And also, right, the author he brings and he says, Udu ila sabili rabbika bil hikmati wal mawridatil hasan. That call, Udu ila sabili rabbik. That calling to the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you must call with what? Bil hikmah. With wisdom. You see something wrong, you can't go, ah, this is haram. What's going on with you? How can you drink? Maybe he became Muslim yesterday, he didn't know. So, salam alaikum brother, salam alaikum sister. Oh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, oh, I've seen you do something wrong. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this, do you know? Yes, I've been born Muslim. I know to drink is haram, but I still do it. It's different. But I imagine you just going to start screaming. You don't know the condition of the person. So that's why it's important also to know this bab and to understand this bab correctly.
And this is why the ulama, they basically they say that al-amr bil ma'roof wa nahi ani munkar, that it has certain rulings, it has certain shurut. From them, number one is that qabla before you command, right? Before you enjoin what is good and you forbid what is evil, huwa alimun or huwa in. Right? He says huwa in, and I'm saying, oh alim. That you need to have knowledge of this. Right? Remember the hadith says, man ra'a, that whosoever sees. And you must also know these rulings. Right? We're going to, to be clearer once we move on. Number two. When you are in the process now of giving this dawah, you need to be oh oh yani bil rifq with compassion, with mercy. Right? And I'm sure you've seen that yesterday we've lost um, one of the shuyukh right of Kuwait. Um Shefalah bin Ismail Al Munkadir. And Shefalah was about seventy years old, he passed away. He was tested for Corona about a week or two weeks ago and he passed away now. And the Sheikh was of the senior students of Sheikh Uthaymin Rahimallah and of Sheikh Aman Al Jami. He studied his bachelor's, his master's and his doctorate in the Islamic University of Medina. And one of the outstanding qualities that he had, and this is mentioned by um, one of our teachers, Sheikh Sulaiman al-Ruhayli, Hafidhullah Ta'ala, he says that one of the outstanding qualities that the Sheikh had, when it was time for rifq, when it was time to be compassionate, when it was time to be easy with the people, that was him. But when it was time for shidda, when it was time for harshness, then that was him as well. So he knew his time and he knew his place. And this is something for us, especially as young students of knowledge, that we we need to learn this. Right? Sometimes we maybe easiness was supposed to be there, we maybe became a bit harsh. Or we were supposed to be harsh. We were but easy. So, and this is why the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he says and taught and is a very beautiful hadith. He says, "Al baraka ma'al akabir." That blessings, that baraka is with who? Is with the elders. So yes, knowledge with the ulama, with the senior ulama, this is important. But also you as yourself, as a person, as a young child, someone in his teens, someone in his 20s, 30s, 40s, that know that there is barakah, that is blessings with people older than you. Look at families for example. Right, so for us, we would say in our generation, our grandparents. And your generation, like our parents will be your mother or father. 
notice when the mother and father was there, the grandparents, everything revolved there. The cousins would come, your siblings would come, everyone would come there. Right? As a happy family. But once an elders are gone, that blessings are gone, and everyone starts to split, they go their own ways. You maybe see, if you don't call your brothers, if you don't call your siblings, you aren't even going to see them. Right? I can see this, with, right? Alhamdulillah, I still have both my grandmothers. Right? From my mother's side, from my father's side. And I can see this. That from my mother's side, right, the family still together. All the siblings come. The cousins come, like my cousins. My mom's, even her cousins, they all still revolve around this old lady. Right? Because she's still there, she keeps the family together. But we've seen that maybe her sisters or her sister-in-laws, once they passed away, the family started to split. So that's why blessings with the elders is there. The Prophet ﷺ, what he said, subhanallah, وَمَا يَنْتِكُ عَنِ الْهَوَى As Allah says in Surah Al-Najm إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَى That he did not speak out of his own accord. But what we taught him, what we, what we inspired him to say, he spoke. And the third one is that the third sharp after you've given the Amr بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَنَّهِيَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ Right, you finish that. Then what must you have? You must have sabr. So three qualities. Number one, you must have knowledge. You must have seen or you must have heard. And hearing is that you heard she scream, you heard the gunshot, whatever it might be. Number two, when you're giving this message, you must have rifq. And number three, after you gave this, then you must have sabr. And this is extremely important. And this brings me to the next point. Right? And this is... إِذَا كَانَ كَذَلِكَ فَتَعَلَّكُ مُنْكَرُ بِفَاعِ الْمُنْكَرِ يَحْتَاجْ أَيْضًا إِلَى تَفْصِيلٍ So also that which is attached to the one that is doing the wrong, doing the munkar, there needs to be explanation with this as well. And this is that the munkar can be divided into two things. Munkar which is, which is detached and a munkar that is intrinsic or a munkar that is attached. So what does this mean? So what this means basically um, right so so what this means is that the munkar is attached to the sahib right the munkar is attached to the person that is doing it or it is not attached to him 
so for example, right, the author he gives an example of someone, right, so this is now detached. وَنَعُوذُ It's a bottle of khamari, a bottle of alcohol. So I see him drinking. But tomorrow when I see him, right, there's no bottle with him. So this is meant what is? By detached him. Right, so he will be given a certain dawah. He will be given, you see him drinking, so you will speak to him. Then you get something which is mulaziman li sahibi munkar. That is with him all the time it is attached to him. For example, someone that shaves his beard. For example, someone that makes Isbal. Right? So this things it is with him all the time. Right? One day he came on have his beard and detach it and then he put it back on. Right? So he's always going to be someone that is clean shaven. And here we're not talking about someone that has a bit of stubble, he has a bit of beard. We're talking about someone that shaves completely. Right? There's Ijma amongst the ulama that someone that shaves completely. This is beard. This is haram. We're speaking about this person. So, these conditions are different, correct? That he is continuously in the wrong. And the author, he says that, he gives the example of the person that shaves his beard. Or the one that makes isbal. Or someone, for example... Labisan that he wears gold, so you find a lot of men, right? They wear gold rings, they wear gold chains, right? It's always with him. Or you find someone he's a drug addict, so the drug addict is always what? He's always intoxicated, right? Someone that's on tuck. He's not tuck today, then next year, then for the whole two years he don't tuck. He's not an addict then. We speak about that person that is always continuously high. Right? This is who we're speaking about. So here, right, we find that he doesn't want to change. Right? He still continues with his bad habits. He continues to shave his companions, to be on drugs, etc. So here your inkar is going to be, bilisan is going to be with your tongue. And you're going to be changing with your hand as well if you are able to. So the hadith carries on and he says, Man ra'a minkum munkaran fal yughayyaru biyadihi. And we explained what the word ra'a means. That ru'ya with you seen or sama'a muhak that you hear what is from your ears that which is apparent and also what comes under munkar is another two concepts now that which is mujma'an alay and that which is muhtalafan fi so, Mujman Alay, 
that we all agree on. For example, zina. We know zina is haram. For example, drugs. We know drugs is haram. For example, drinking alcohol, stealing, murder, all those things. Right? The ulama agree on. There's ijma on this that these things are not permissible. So these things, um, once you have this, right, this munkar, you will change it because there's no difference of opinion amongst the ulama. Then you will find something where there is muhtalafan fihi. You will find something where there is a difference of opinion now, where there is ikhtilaf. Now here we need to be clear, we need to understand this. Correctly. That walkhilafihi qawi hada la yunkar. That where there is ikhtilaf in a matter that is a strong difference of opinion, then there is no munkar with regards to this. But when it is munkar, right? Okay, first let's explain this. Right, so when, the second part, when there is munkar, that is da'if, that is extremely weak, khilaf, that is extremely weak, then you will find that munkar can take place. So khilaf that is extremely weak will be, for example, nabid. Right, so nabid is basically, in the Hanafi mother, they have this whole concept, of that you put dates with water in it, and if it stands for long, you can still drink it. Majority of the ulama say, no, if it stands for a certain time, you can't drink it, because now it's become fermented. And once it becomes fermented, it becomes, will cause you to be drunk. So they say this. Now, because this difference of opinion is so weak, right, that this opinion is shad, that it is so weak that you are allowed to make munkar, in this. But what we want to know is, so what mas'ala, or is the mas'alas that the ulama they differ on, but it's so great this difference of opinion that you can't make munkar on. And yes there is. And for example, the ma'moon, the one that stands behind the imam in salah. Does the Imam carry his Surah Fatiha for him or not? So this is a valid difference of opinion amongst the ulama. Right? So now if someone believes, for example, that the Imam carries his Fatiha, right? It's using I'm just examples now. So he believes that the Imam carries his Fatiha. And I believe you must read the Fatiha. I cannot go to him. And employ now Amr bil Ma'ruf wa Nahiyani Munkar. Because this is a difference of opinion that the ulama have differed on. Do you see the difference? But there's opinions, there's masail that is so weak that majority is on one side, yani almost like Baina Samawati wal between the heavens and the earth. So they say if it's like a mas'ala like that, then you are allowed to make. Amr bil ma'roof wa nahiyani munkar. Understand the difference. So, right, obviously I'm not going to discuss the mas'ala that's for a fiqh loss. Right, the 
reading the Fatiha or whatever and you've done that Alhamdulillah and so this brings me to another important point in this hadith and now we come to the whole concept of right we are going to change something but with regards to changing so now we need to look at what effect is this change going to have understand with me changing something is it going to bring an effect or is it not going to bring an effect right so here the ulama they say that if you're changing is not going to right okay first let's do the first two so you're changing right is going to bring effect then it's permissible understand so i know if i'm going to tell someone don't do this he's not going to do it he's going to stop doing it immediately so that's fine the second one is that the changing now we're doing the opposite that the changing is going to cause more harm so what do you think this will be permissible or not permissible it won't be permissible and then there's one where the change doesn't really make a difference right there's no harm but there's no benefit also so here the ulama define that one whether you can do it whether you can't do it now here obviously this hadith brings what to mind uncle Walid? this brings the concept of khuruj it brings us the whole thing of standing up against a the waliul amr and based on this hadith what you've learned right and what you see for example in egypt example in libya example in syria iraq what has changed then it's gone worse so based on this hadith and the understanding what should have happened i should have left it how it is and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best I'd say inshallah we're going to stop here. I think it was quite a bit to take in. And inshallah the next lesson we will carry on. Bi'idhnillahi ta'ala.